0: Well, brother, listen, man, it's been a while since we spoke to you. For uh, for the listeners out there that may not know about your new gig, why don't you tell our, our listeners a little bit about yourself and what you do?
1: Yes, sir. Um, I recently, or should I say a couple months ago, I got a new job working with the good uh, people at USA Today Sports Media Group covering the Jaguars for their site entitled The Jaguars Wire. And uh, for people who don't know what the wire sites are, it's basically we have uh, upwards of 32 sites each for the NFL teams. And we got a couple of extras, like the draft wire for the draft and the touchdown wire for all NFL news. And uh, basically, like I said, it's a uh, site dedicated for all 32 teams uh, in the NFL that you can all check out.
0: All right, brother. So, uh, yeah, go, go and check out James' stuff. Uh, we've had James on the show now for what the last three years or so, James. And, uh, let me tell you, for those of you that, uh, that haven't heard James, or even if you have, you know that James really knows his stuff when it comes to the Jags and the NFL as a whole. And, uh, we love having you on, James. Glad you were able to call in this morning.
1: Ah, uh, my man. I appreciate it, man. And it's been, uh, fun. Coming on your show the past couple years or so, as I've enjoyed uh, just talking football with you and the people of uh, South Georgia. All
0: right. Well, same here, brother. Let's get right to it, James. Uh, and let's talk about, uh, of course, not only the NFL draft coming up, but uh, primarily want to talk about the, the Jaguars and the Falcons, the two teams that t- that uh, people, of course, in our listening audience most uh, closely follow. And we'll start with the Jaguars. James, I. I can't recall, never mind just the Jaguars, I can't recall uh, an NFL team that I've followed or really any NFL team that's had so much turnover in one year. And I'm not just talking about the roster, but, you know, you start with the coaching staff. Tom Coughlin comes over now, of course, uh, coming out of retirement uh, to take over Director of Football Operations for the Jaguars and owner Shad Khan. Um, talk about this Jaguars staff and all the turnovers that we've had. I mean, it's going to take a who's who to try to figure <laughs> out who, who's, uh, wearing what number for the Jaguars this year.
1: Yeah. They, they have had a lot of turnover, um, especially as of recent, you know, they had Tom Coughlin who they brought in as the uh, director of, uh, the vice president of football operation, basically. And basically what he does, he makes the final decisions on personnel decisions, uh, kind of like what Dave Caldwell did. But now it's Tom Coughlin that will sign off on that. And he brings a lot of experience to the table. As we all know, he coached for for a lot of years. I think it was upwards of 12 years with the Giants and even before he was with the Jaguars. And uh, this is a man that's been... You know, around some top notch names in the league in Tom Coughlin, you know, uh, he, he also coached under Bill Parcellus, also coached alongside of, um, Bill Belichick. So this is a guy in Tom Coughlin that, you know, if you do want somebody to have the power that he does in your operation or in your organization, he's certainly credentialed to do so. So, that's the lead guy going forward, and Dave Caldwell will serve as a, more so as a scout under Tom Coughlin, so to speak. But Dave Caldwell is also handling day-to-day duties as he was before last year. So those are the two top guys to uh, to keep in mind when looking at the Jaguars organization.
0: And uh, we'll talk about some of the changes on the roster that's taking place. It seems like every day when I'm checking uh, my Jaguars feed, on my uh, my cell phone, it, it, it seems like ja- that uh, James that we're getting uh, some kind of new uh, player. We're having roster turnover almost on a daily basis. Uh, this morning, it's no different. As I see, where uh, the Jags have added, uh, I think this is Chris Ivey's former fullback Tommy Bohannon, uh, who was a fullback for the uh, for the Jets, and also the former Packers uh, wide receiver Larry Pinkard.
1: Right. Bohannon did um block for Chris Ivory all three years as a matter of fact when he was in New York, uh from twenty thirteen, fourteen and fifteen. And he helped Chris Ivory to go to the Pro Bowl in twenty fifteen. And uh that year Chris Ivory had over uh thousand yards, led the AFC in rushing. So that's a good sign for Bohannon and uh what they did over there in New York. And then Pinker, uh he really hasn't hit the field in terms of a regular season game. But he's a guy that was with the Packers last year. Uh, He went undrafted. They picked him up from Old Dominion. And he played in the preseason. Uh, Got roughly, you know, five catches for like 100 yards or so. Uh, But then uh, went down due to injury, and they basically waived him with the injury waiver. So he didn't really get to see the field in the regular season. He'll get an opportunity to prove himself in Jacksonville, uh, though it's probably a long shot for him to make it, with how their receivers uh, depth chart looks right now.
0: You know the, and you're right. Well, I don't think Pinkert is the, uh, you know, uh, that big uh, of a, a massive signing. I think Tommy Bohan is pretty interesting because if I'm not mistaken, this is the first fullback that the Jaguars have had in a number of years. I know that Gus Bradley uh, didn't carry a fullback. He liked to use tight ends. And bring it, brought in extra linemen, the jumbo package for run situations. But I think this is a measure of the old school mentality of Tom Coughlin wanting a good old fullback to block for your, uh, for your, uh, for your tailbacks in a short down situation. And I think this thing's got Tom Coughlin written all over it.
1: Yes. Actually, um, in one of his first press conferences at Everbanks, uh, when they asked him would he be using a fullback because he has used fullbacks in the past in the system. And he said that, you know, the team had been talking about it and they were looking into doing so. So here we are. Fast forward a month, month or two later, uh, they have decided to go that route. And even though you look at his past, uh, you know, with the Saints, when he was with the Saints as an offensive coordinator and with the Bills and Syracuse, he used a fullback. So it's, uh, it's really not a surprise. Uh, you know, when we had Greg Olsen, he was a guy that actually said he really used a two tight end set. So you know, they didn't really I guess have a need for a fullback in that type of a system. And um, for blocking situations they will bring in Titan Alu Alu, who as we all know went to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And uh so that being <clears> said, they decided to get somebody who, you know, who has played the position for, you know, for their primary position. And now uh Bohannon should be a, a good pickup for him as he's blocked for Chris Ivory for three years.
0: All right, uh, James, fill us in on what's going on with uh, Brandon Albert. Uh, of course, uh, Brandon Albert said all the right things in the offseason after the trade that brought uh, the veteran left tackle from the Dolphins to the Jaguars. He said he was happy, he was excited, blah, blah, blah. Well, now, just like uh, Brandon Albert's uh, having second thoughts and uh, has failed to report, what can you tell us about Brandon Albert?
1: Right. Upon the trade of Brandon Albert, which we got a 2018 uh, draft pick for, uh, typically in most situations like his, what happens is the organization that takes the player works out some kind of a, a deal with the, the player that they take in. They either rework the deal or give them a new contract or whatever the case may be. And for whatever reason, when the Jaguars signed on or Albert, for some reason they didn't do that. And he's basically uh, going to skip out on the voluntary workout part, which, I mean, I guess you can say it's not that big of a deal because it's voluntary and, you know, you don't have to be there, so to speak, though, it's, though they want you there and, you know, it's good to be there. Uh, but he's not going to get fined or anything like that and he doesn't necessarily have to be there as of now. So it's a situation that I don't think is that big of a situation or a big of a deal until, you know, he starts missing uh, the the voluntary part of uh, camp, which I don't think he will. I think he'll show up by then. But, um, you know, when you look at his deal, was, uh two years left on it. And the problem is there that there is no guaranteed money on his contract, and that's likely why he's sitting out because, you know, he wants money up front which I guess you can't blame him at his age, you know. You've got to get as much as you can when you're at the end of your career, and that seems to be the case with Brandon Albert.
0: All right. Of course, a lot of new faces like we talked about, uh, James, and, uh, you know, this is uh, sort of similar to what we saw this time last year. The Jaguars brought in a lot of new faces. Of course, uh, a lot of the big names that they brought in really didn't equal to overnight success. Talk about some of the new faces that we've added this year, and and what's the difference going to be in the talent that we've acquired in the off season this year versus last year, James.
1: Right, right. Well, I think one of the big things is due to the talent that the Jaguars have added before. The guys that came in are kind of you know they just they're more of the icing on the cake type type of deals. Uh, prime example: AJ Boyer. The Jaguars already had guys like Jalen Ramsey here. You know, you add that into the equation and you just make your cornerback uh, depth chart just that much better. Same with Calais Campbell. You know, the Jaguars didn't necessarily need Calais Campbell, but he's a great addition. But when you look at their rotation on uh, their defensive line, you know, he's a guy that they still can bring in and start and they can move him all around. So I think the guys that they brought in free agency – really just helped to make them a better defense. Uh, Not that they weren't already a good defense. They were ranked fifth or sixth in the league overall. But they do need to get a better pass rush, and they need to uh, do better in pass coverage. And this helps them to become better in both of those categories.
0: Absolutely. Now, uh, of course, there's been a lot of talk about Blake Bortles. And uh, i got to be honest with you. Um, so far, uh, Tom Coughlin, Doug Marone, of course, who is a holdover from Gus Bradley's staff, but, uh, I think he was the right choice. I like, uh, Coach Doug Marone did a good job at Buffalo when he was head coach there for two years, and he's kind of been the associate head coach, uh, under Gus Bradley. But, um, those two guys really haven't been, uh, head over heels in terms of, uh, compliments. And endorsing Blake Bortles, in fact, it sounds like they're going to make him uh, sort of re-earn his position at starting quarterback. What's your take on that?
1: Right, right. Uh, I mean, they they did come out and say that they're going to basically with him, they're going to start from scratch, <laughs> start from the beginning with his uh, mechanics and the fundamentals. But you know, in the NFL, you can't anything. Uh, or should I say the starting job can't be given to you regardless of who you are, especially when you're coming off a season that Blake Bortles did. So that being said, you know, they're going to make him earn it. So, you know, he is the number one guy going for it. Make no mistake about it. But, you know, he, he had a pretty bad year last year, uh, went to California, worked on his mechanics with Tom House. And in, in his defense, you know, he's been trying to get better during the offseason, and he knows his flaws he should come back better in terms of mechanic. He should be more sound with his footwork, and uh, you know they're going to start from scratch with him. So the things that they're going to start him off with, he should be fine with working with Tom House and, and going forward. So I guess the big question now is, will the Jaguars draft a quarterback to push him because they didn't add anything to free agency? And if I had to guess, I I would say they might get somebody early. I won't say first or second round, maybe third round, maybe add a Nathan Peterman if he's there who is from Jacksonville or somebody that can give him a push. And, uh, you know, that being said, it's been said that they might not pick up his uh, the fifth year on his uh, option on his contract, and I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't and just let him kind of play it out in 2017 and then go forward after that. So uh, a lot of improvement has to, uh, have to be. Uh, made by Blake Bortles, and we'll see if he can exactly do that.
0: We're talking with our buddy James Johnson uh, from uh, USA Today, and uh, James writes for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and uh, we're talking Jags football here this morning with the draft looming right around the corner. <clears throat> Let's segue into the draft. Uh, James, the, the Jags have the fourth overall pick, and uh, a lot of the pundits that I follow uh, have the Jags possibly taking Leonard Fournette. At running back, that's a position that we sorely need, I think, especially since uh, T.J. Yeldon really hasn't emerged as the back that we thought that he would. Um, I really love Leonard Fournette in a Jags uniform. I hope we stay with that. I hope we take the standout running back from LSU. What's your thoughts? What are you hearing about the Jags picking it for?
1: Well, you know, if you look at what the, the the moves that they have made and, like, what the t league say, I, I think, you know, they very well could take Leonard Fournette. Um, but uh, I, me personally, I'm more of a, a advocate of new school football. I don't think you have to take a running back that early, so to speak. Um, so if they do it, me personally, I'm hoping that they take a running back later in the draft or if they're going to take a Leonard Fournette <laughs> or a Dallas Cook trade down do so because it's a lot of value at this year's running back position. And when you look at it, you know, they can get a starter later without even having to get Leonard Fournette or or, or, or Dalvin Cook or, or spending such a high pick on that. Or they can maybe trade down it depends on, you know, what the teams around them wanna do. So uh that being said, I, I really do like the Fournette and it does look like that wants to be real grab nice too. Um mm-hmm. he would be a great addition to his team as he's been a workforce back over in LSU. Um, I'm a little concerned with his injury history. That concerns me a little bit. Uh, but that being said, I think it will be a great season for the Jaguars. And if they pick the offensive line after getting him, if if that, that is their plan, I think he'll be fine as they run it back. I
0: had a little bit of trouble hearing you there, James. I don't know if, uh, if uh, we got you on speakerphone or what, but maybe you can check that. Uh, on your end. Um, so if the Jags do decide to stay at four, I know there is some talk too about the Jaguars possibly moving down. Uh, and of course you follow this thing probably closer than I do. Um, if you're, if you're the Jags general manager, let's say put yourself in Tom Coughlin, Dave Caldwell's position, what would you do, uh, with the draft? Would you stay at four? Would you draft down? Would you take OJ Howard, which is another, uh, pick that a lot of people are, are speculating the Jags may go with? Of course, the standout tight end, uh, out of Alabama. And I say that because, you know, obviously Mercedes Lewis, uh, Julius Thomas were both, both, uh, bust for the Jags. So what's your take on, uh, OJ Howard possibly going to the Jags at four?
1: You know, if it, they- If it happens, I can probably understand why. And I think I'm more along the lines of the Jaguars um, taking maybe a Solomon Thomas or Jonathan Allen if they're available. But if they took O.J. Howard, I think it would likely be because both of those guys are gone. And, you know, O.J. Howard is an outstanding athlete. Went to the Senior Bowl this offseason, impressed there, and he uh, impressed at the combine. This basically is somebody that. Every time you asked him to do something, he he stepped up big, and that includes the national championships, that includes this offseason. So he stepped to the call when called upon, and he's a guy that would be a very good um, addition for the Jaguars. He would fill a need for them. He would help Blake Bortles because Blake Bortles like big targets, and you know they he would give him an option in the red zone and for other places. And you put a guy like OJ Howard in this offense with people like Allen Robinson and Allen Hearns and Marquise Lee and that opens up the Jaguars receiver core that much more. So uh I, I would be okay with taking OJ Howard at four if they um you know they can't trade out and get him. And I would certainly understand them doing it and their logic behind it. So as for that number four overall pick, you know, I'm hoping one of the defensive linemen fall to them, as I said, Solomon Thomas or Jonathan Allen. But if those guys go two and three with Miles Garrett going one. uh, You know, the Jaguars have a lot to think about at that number four overall uh, position.
0: I know there's a report on uh, ESPN that has just surfaced that uh, have the Jaguars uh, dealing with the Packers and saying that the Mm -hmm. Packers should trade their first-round pick to the Jaguars, which I think is 29th overall. Uh, What are you hearing about that?
1: Yeah, you know what? Typically, I kind of shy away from that kind of stuff until you know near draft day or close to draft day, because a lot of it could be smoke screen and a lot of it could be just uh, you know analysts talking. And you know, if I think if it's going to happen, you know, it'll we'll find out more about that or more around draft day if it were to be true. And I would be okay with that because the Jaguars do need more picks, especially in the top half of the draft. And, you know, they they could arguably, in my opinion, they can use two offensive linemen, two starting offensive linemen on their line. So, you know, they they have to take care of that. They have the tight end position to take care of, which we just talked on. And, you know, we could argue that they, they got some other positions that they need to fill on defense in terms of getting, you know, another edge rusher maybe, getting some better depth on the defensive line. So, you know, that's fine. And that's a pick that would probably give the Jaguars uh, two more or three more picks in round, you know, one, two, and three. So uh, that being said, you know, I would be fine with that trade. And if they were to trade that far back, they could take, you know, maybe like a guard, they're like a forest lamp or somebody or an offensive tackle like maybe a Cam Robinson if he's available and switch him to guard for a year and then uh, put him at tackle after that.
0: Of course, you know, of all the acquisitions, James, that we got in the offseason, I'd say that really, uh, especially with Roy Miller, uh, being gone, uh, and I realized that we got Calais Campbell, but, uh, and of course you got Malik Jackson coming back, but I still think defensive tackle, we could use one more strong stalwart defensive tackle right there in the middle. Uh, what are you hearing about defensive tackle for the Jags possibly being a priority early in the draft?
1: Yeah, that's what I was um, I was referring to earlier with the, uh, you know Solomon Thomas or Jonathan Allen and we as we know the Jaguars like to build in the trenches it's part of their philosophy and even when Tom Coughlin came in uh, you know that it made it furthermore a part of their philosophy because he believes in that too not just the offensive line but the defensive line so I think that is more uh, likely than them taking a running back personally when you look at Tom Coughlin's pass. So, you know, I would love to see the Jaguars land a guy like Jonathan Allen. Even though people would argue they already have a good three technique in Malik Jackson, in this league you could never have enough good pass rushers. Um, You know, I think people often forget how bad the Jaguars pass rush has been the past decade or so. Despite them, you know, being ranked in the top five or six as a defense, you know, the pass rush still hasn't been there. So they, they could use a upgrade there despite how it looked on paper. And then again, like I said, there's Solomon Thomas who can, you know, some people argue that he can't kick inside for the Jaguars because he's too small or whatever. But I've seen some good things out of him when he kicked inside. And they could play him at defensive end as well. So those are the two guys that I would prefer to have. And those are the two guys that philosophically make sense for the Jaguars and Tom Coughlin.
0: I know that, uh, and I think what's got, what opened a lot of people's eyes was the, the impact that, uh, Ezekiel Elliott has made, uh, when the Dallas Cowboys took him. It really, uh, just, uh, turned the, the Cowboys fortunes around, uh, almost literally overnight. And I think a lot of people are pointing to that same kind of impact that Leonard Fournette could have on the Jaguars team. Uh, what, what do you say about that?
1: You know, I'm glad you brought that up and. You know, that that comparison is often made. And my thing with that is it's a little bit different for the Jaguars because the Dallas Cowboys last year were a team that, in my opinion, didn't belong in the top five of the draft in terms of picking. They were way better than their record and their selection spoke. And they, they were more along the lines of a team that should be picking 25, you know, somewhere in that range, 26, 27 uh wherever but you know they, they had an off season and as a result they, they were picking in the top five and they were a team that were suited already because they were talented to take a guy like Ezekiel Elliott and you look at their offensive line they have like several first round picks on their offensive line the Jaguars however aren't suited as they were to do something like that in my opinion their offensive line isn't nearly as good Um In terms of an offensive system, I don't think the Jaguars, you know, have put it all together yet, as the Cowboys have. And I think, you know, the Jaguars, they, they do need a running back, but they could also, you know, with that pick, get better value out of it as well. With Ezekiel Elliott, you know, he was a good pick there, but I think they can get better value at four. And that being said, like I said, the class is deep. They can wait. To get a running back if they wanted to, get like an Alvin Kamara in the second round who could be a starter, or a uh, Marlon Mack in the third round who can also be a starter, in my book. You know, I think for the Jaguars, you know, they don't have the horses up front to do what the Cowboys did. And thankfully for them, they have the luxury to wait because the class is deep. So uh, that's my take on that situation.
0: Um, James, we we got to close it out here, and I do appreciate you uh, calling in this morning. A couple of questions, though, before we uh, let you go. Um, I think a lot of people were expecting Miles Jack to come in. Of course, the standout linebacker from UCLA who was just a buzzsaw all over the field for the Bruins in his senior year there at UCLA. Why did he not see more play in time? Did he have, and I think a large, large part of it was, I know, he seemed to have uh, trouble uh, adapting to the speed of the NFL, which I have talked about quite a bit, how that is, seems to be uh, the biggest X factor when you've got guys coming in, albeit even as talented as Myle Jack. But talk about those two things. Why do you think he didn't have a bigger impact last year? And talk about his potential impact now, especially since Pozlusny is what <clears throat> now what, 10, 11 years in the league.
1: Right, right. And it looks like... What the Jaguars and a lot of people have been talking about them doing what they might do is it's looking like they're going to kick Miles Jack to the inside and put Puslusney as a strong side backer. And on um, third down, basically take Puslusney off the field, put in a nickel back. So it looks like Miles Jack is set to get a lot more play time this year. And they talked about that. And, they you know, they do want to get him on the field because he's a very good athlete. And he's fast and he can cover. And, you know, you can argue that's that's kind of Puzzlesny's weak suit. So we'll see how that goes, uh, you know, heading forward. But I, I think that would be a very good idea to get Puzzlesny at strong side and also put Jack in the middle because the league, as we all know, is a passing league and the Jaguars could do better in passing coverage. So uh, we'll we'll watch their situation and how it goes. But um You know, I think if they did that, the Jaguars would have one of the more underrated linebacker cores in the league, and you look at what they have in Telvin Smith, putting those three on the field together could really do some, you know, damage to opposing offense.
0: Well, James, uh, I tell you, I'd like for you, if you could, to come back with us uh, maybe another day this week or, or even next week as we get ready to look toward the draft. I'd like to have you come back and uh and talk about the Falcons with us and uh and we can even talk more about the Jaguars and uh and any other NFL teams that you think may have some of the biggest impact uh with the NFL draft looming right around the corner.
1: Absolutely Phil, I I'm, I'm going to be going to the draft party as I did last year and uh, I probably can stop through at the station as I'm um, you know on the way to Jacksonville uh similar to what we did last year and talk some more drafting what the Jets can do, what the Falcons can do, and uh, just what's buzzing in the league in general.
0: Love to have you in again, uh, James. We had a lot of fun with that last year. So uh, absolutely, with you making your way over to Everbank Field for the draft party like you talked about, let's plan on having you come back and uh, join us in studio.
1: Yes, sir. I, I, I will do that. And uh, one last thing before I uh, hang up with you, I uh, recently had an uncle that passed that, I love listening to me on the radio, Um, Mr. William Johnson, and I just love reading my sight and whatnot, and I just wanted to shout him out and uh, say rest in peace to my uncle before I ain't.
0: Absolutely, brother. Uh, All right.
1: R.I.P. All right. All right, you have a good one, and uh, you take care, Phil.
0: Hey, James, you too, buddy. We always enjoy you calling in. Very good stuff, Uh, very informative, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon.